I had Don Maurice read my uh, text this morning, Valley of Dry Bones. But I want to talk about revival this morning. There are indicators of revival. Number one, it's a sovereign move of God. It's not something we can conjure up. If, we would, if, if we're able to, to do it ourselves, we'd have it all the time. So this, this is not, um, this is God, okay? And if you're, if you're back there and skeptic and whatever, you can be whatever you want, but um, I'm no special person, okay? And, uh, but it's because we pray, and I'll, I have some reasons here in a minute I'll share with you. Number two, revival happens when wickedness grieves and humbles us. When we see wickedness, it's not, it, it makes us uncomfortable. In other words, we see the sin in the world and we're like, God, you need to do something. It, it's, it's horrifying to me that at my house, I have an alarm set. So if somebody tries to break in my house, I'll know about it. Uh, this is the... Uh, fourth or fifth church I've been in, three of the five churches that I've pastored or been a part of, thieves have broken in at one time or another and stolen stuff. It's kind of, and when the police come and they say, wow, somebody broke into a church, I said, yeah, they don't care. That's our world. You have a car alarm or you lock your car because somebody will get in there. They might break the window, get it. That's wickedness in the world. That's man Man's, uh, I mean, we're born into sin. But when that stirs us to say, I want, some, I want God to do something about it, that's a sign. There's a spirit of prayer for revival. There's a stirring in our heart. Esther was talking about just the stirring in her own heart about praying. And, and there's a group, there's people that come uh, in the early morning hours here at church during the week, and they pray, and they gather in prayer Tuesday nights, other nights, and Tuesday, we have our regular prayer at 11. But that spirit of prayer for God to do something, because we're tired of just going through the same old motions. I don't know about, I've, I'm, I'll, I'm 57, okay, I'll just tell you my age. I know I look much older, that's okay. <laughs> Makes my wife look even younger. But I've been in church all my life. All my life. And I don't want to just keep going through church. I want God to do something in our lives. I've seen these things happen over time. I want more of God. I can't be, live in status quo. Tonight I'm going to talk about Jesus is the bread of life. And uh, the bread we eat now just satisfies us for this meal. But He is the life giver. Anyway, I won't preach that sermon. The church's focus is on God to do something. Number five of signs of revival. We begin to confess our sins. We begin to be open say, God, here I am, a sinner. It's not that we're going to hell, but Lord, there are things that happen. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Christians are willing to make sacrifices to allow God's Spirit to move. 
We turn off the TV. We pray a little longer. We put the non-spiritual book down. We pick up the Bible. What, just whatever. I'm not, it's not one's bad. It's like, okay, God, this, this is just cluttering my life. I'm going to set it aside because I want more of you. I want more of you. I need more of you. Because if I keep doing what I've always done, I'll get what I've always got. So if you're tired of the, the rut you're in, let God knock, the, knock some of that out of the way and fill, let Him fill it with His Spirit. And then when man doesn't want credit for the move of God, look what I've done. Look what God did when I prayed for somebody. That's a, you know what God's doing? He's stepping back. You want credit? You just got it, buddy. That's why this is how I know this is sovereign because it's not, if it were me, anyway. So, revival is a return to something to its true purpose. What is the true purpose of the church? What is your true purpose in mind? Is it to just live our life, earn a paycheck, and have a meal, and do the same thing over day after day after day? No, it's to answer the call of God in our life, whatever that is. He's not calling everybody to be a minister. He's not calling everybody to be an evangelist or a missionary or whatever, but He's calling us to be believers that will proclaim who He is to a lost and dying world that needs Him to be His witnesses. Number two, revival breathes life in the church. What does it do? What does this do? It stirs us. We say, you know what? I can do more for God. Where can I work? Where can I serve? Where can I be more of use for the kingdom of God? And yes, we have opportunities and outreaches and all these things. And there's, God wants you, as you go to Walmart, stand in, well, as you check yourself out at Walmart, talk to the person beside you. I was going to say talk to the cashier, but you are the cashier. You heard about the guy that went to the break room and they called the police on him and said, I already work here. I've checked myself out every time I come. Jonathan, how many billions of dollars have been, $4 billion have been stolen from Walmart since they started this? I think it'd be cheaper to hire people to, anyway. Neither here nor there. That's our world. You give people an opportunity to steal, they're going to steal. Because they're not godly. Us believers, you know, we're like, I, we, sh we should live godly. We should be an example to the world. Okay. He breathes life into the church. In, in the passage we read, he says, Surely, in verse 5, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. My prayer is, Lord, breathe fresh life into new life. Breathe new life into new life. A fresh wind, a fresh fire. Number three, it's all about God. Man takes the back seat. He said, Son of man, can these bones live? He said, God, you know. <laughs> Lord, why are you asking me this question? And he said, Prophesy to these bones. A natural man says, No way, they can't live. They're just a bunch of bones. But the Spirit of God says, yes, they can live. 
It's faith. God gave the orders, prophesy, and they spoke the Word. They spoke the Word. It's not some prophetic word that, hey, you're going to go to Africa and you're going to lead thousands to the Lord. That's not the prophetic word we're talking about. It's, it's speaking faith over someone. It's speaking the Word of God over someone and asking God to touch and move in their life. He, it says, hear the Word of the Lord. Let me read that to you. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the Word of the Lord. What does it say in Romans? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. Speak the Word. Speak the Word over your family. Speak the Word over your sickness. Speak the Word over whatever you're going through. Speak the Word. Let God's Word be the standard. Not what I say, Lord, but Your Word speaking through me. A gentleman wrote in a book called Revival Praying, every true revival has its origins in prayer. Jonathan Edwards, 18th century revival started with a call to prayer. Revival among the American Indians in the 1800s, they prayed for an endowment, endowment of power. Charles Finney in Rochester, New York in the early 1900s, he said revival began because they had a spirit of prayer. Prayer was stirring up in every heart. Prayer is stirring in the hearts of New Life Assembly of God. It started back on January 8th when we said 21 days of fasting and prayer. It's not some magic formula except we say, Lord, we need you to move. And God says, okay, I'll show up. But we have to continue to pray. We have to continue to seek after God and go after Him with all we are. Psalm 85.4 says, Restore us, O God of our salvation. Don't be angry with us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? If God was not a loving, merciful, caring God, the earth would be non-existent because He would have wiped us all off the face of the earth because none of us deserve what He's given. But He loves us so much that He's forgiven us. He sent His only Son to die for us. Verse 6, Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. Psalm 80, Revive us and we will call upon your name. Restore us, O God, Lord of hosts. Cause your face to shine on us and we shall be saved. John chapter 6, verse 67. Jesus had fed the 5,000. Then He said, I'm the bread of life. And then He went to this discourse, if nobody, if you want Me, you got to eat My flesh and drink My blood. And that was a, a spiritual statement, not a physical one. Okay? But a lot of people, they didn't really understand. And this many, it says, after he said that, many of them left him. And in verse 67, Jesus turned to the twelve and said, do you also want to go away? Are you going to leave? And 
Peter said this, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And I ask you this morning, with all the world has to offer, (laughs) when you're in trouble, who do we call on? We call on God. Because the world cannot meet your need. I have friends that are doctors. And they can do so much, but God gives the healing. I have friends that are bankers. Money will not solve every problem. You say, if I just had a million bucks, everything would be fine. No, because you'd run through that and then you'd need something else. You look at the world today, those that have these sports guys that have millions of dollars, they have everything they could ever want. They're most miserable if they don't have Jesus. Their, mis- their life is miserable. They're in the 15th marriage or whatever. They're, they have problems. Why? Because money does not satisfy. Only God satisfies. Only God can soothe the soul. Why do they go see doctors and have breakdowns? All these things. They're in rehab facilities. They're doing drugs. Why? Because... That life does not satisfy. Jesus satisfies. Lord, I'm hungry for more of You. I'm hungry. And I'm like Peter, Lord, where else am I going to go? What else am I going to do? Who am I going to turn to? Where am I going to go? Except to You. He will meet every need. Now, it doesn't mean that it's just going to be like floating on clouds and everything's going to be fine. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be trials. There's going to be all kinds of storms in your life, but the peace speaker is in the boat with you. And he'll either speak to the storm or he'll ride it out with you. He'll be with you. The Bible says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's with us always. Think about the those... 11 ended up being 11 disciples that were in the end. They almost all of them were martyred for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So their life wasn't easy, but they had the precious promise, and we do too, that this is just a temporary place. There's a, there's a heaven to gain. And He desires all to be there. He he wouldn't have come and died on a cross if He didn't make a place for us ready to go. Would you die?